Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, the Xbox One. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of October 29th, 2020, including Halo developer 343 loses another key member of the team as fans are pissed about stupid stuff yet again. Cyberpunk got delayed again. Gears 5 is getting new content again and more again. just a second before I hit record this week, I was thinking about the release date for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which comes out on Friday, November 13th here in the States, which is one day after the PS5 comes out and what, three days after the Xbox Series X and S come out. So Xbox comes out on Tuesday, the 10th, and then on Thursday, the 12th, PlayStation comes out. And then on Friday, the 13th, Call of Duty comes out, and my initial thought was, you know, why wouldn't Activision, I know Call of Duty normally is like a Friday thing, it's a big, you know, blowout Friday, Call of Duty release, played over the weekend thing, but why wouldn't, for this year with the new consoles, why wouldn't they want to put Call of Duty out the same day as the Xbox Series X, because obviously you can kind of, you can kind of capitalize on that, oh, you're picking up your new console today, you know, people are always, everyone buys an extra game or two at the start of a generation that they wouldn't normally buy because they're just so excited to be getting a new next-gen piece of hardware, you know what I mean? Like, there's always that, like, oh, I bought this because I just picked up the Xbox Day 1, I was so excited, I wanted new games for it, so I bought Insert. Like, like how many people bought, like, Snipper Clips or ARMS when the Nintendo Switch came out because they just wanted a cool new game to play on their Nintendo Switch, and not because any other reason like no one would have fucking bought snipper clips or arms if it had come out on like fucking like july 23rd 2019 you know no one would have fucking bought those games but the fact that it was like their day one launch nintendo switch games everyone bought them so i always think about stuff like that it's like call of duty is gonna sell it's like you know call of duty is gonna sell like crack because it's call of duty it doesn't need a new console launch to help bolster its sales but you still think like maybe there's that group of, of people who are like lapsed Call of Duty players or people who just don't play Call of Duty generally or maybe never play Call of Duty who might be like, eh, fuck it, I just got this new Xbox, I want to, you know, test all the 4K and the 120 hertz and, and the fast load times and stuff, I, I'll get a couple of new games, like, well, fuck it, let's just give Call of Duty a try this year, you know, you think you'd get that on day one, but I guess, I guess, well, one, you know, Activision says, our our brand is more valuable or is more valuable than the launch day of the Xbox. And two, I think I think the real reason why they're doing it actually is because of Activision's kind of recent commitment and marketing partnership with Sony that we've seen throughout the past, you know, generation or so between Destiny and Call of Duty having like really strong marketing ties with PlayStation as a brand. So I almost wonder if it's like Call of Duty isn't coming out on Tuesday when Xbox comes out because it's, you know, in a in a it would kind of go against its its uh, partnership with Sony to, you know, be have PlayStation be the premier platform for Call of Duty. Uh, but then again, I guess if that were really the case, they could have just launched on Thursday. I, I don't know. This is literally just what I was thinking of right before I hit record. So I just figured I would talk about it here. But if if you haven't picked up yet, this is Xbox On. It's the podcast where we talk about Xbox shit. 
guys, welcome back for another week. Hey, at least this time I opened up talking about something that is uh, that is actually relevant to what this show is all about, which is video games and Xbox in particular. Uh, before we get into our opening segment of the comments and the bullshitting we normally do, I'd like to I'd like to go over some corrections or just some some things I'd like to touch on from the week or last week's show. Our first one here: Twitter user at stx21 who often, you know, shouts out the show on Twitter, and thank you so much for your support of the show. I really, really appreciate it, man. Came out and uh, and posted a clip of the show this past week and says, man, Jesse preaching right here, and he was talking about my rant on Halo 5 Guardians from last week. And, you know, I appreciate the shout-out, but I was listening to the little excerpt, the clip you posted here on Twitter, and I noticed that, like, man, listening to myself back, and I, I notice this when I'm editing the podcast every week, but, like, I'm not a huge fan of how much I use the F word on this podcast. I, I mean, I use the F word a fair amount in everyday talk, but I try to I try to minimize that. I try not to be a total F-bomb dropper all the time. I feel like it's kind of a lazy way to talk. I don't have a problem with the, the F word. I think uh, I can, well, maybe only can I speak to, you know, where I'm from, but it seems like in this country, at least, there's too much of like a, of like a taboo on curse words. Like, like we, we freak out over curse words. I think curse words are not as big a deal as maybe we socially make them out to be like I, there's i mean it, to me i'm i'm one of those people where it's like things that offend me at least vocally are like intentions like things you mean not things you say so you know it's like the like if you're a person who just says fuck every other word it's like fuck means nothing right you water it down to where it loses its luster so i, I mean like like real offensive stuff is when is when you use fuck in a context to intentionally like, harm someone or insult them or something you know that's but if I'm just being like, oh, Halo fucking 5, I love that fucking game on the Xbox fucking 1, you know, that's like, okay, well, you're just an idiot and you don't know how to speak and, and you're just relying on on these on these crutch words, as as I call them, to kind of help get you to convey your points. So maybe just in, in an effort to want to be a better speaker and feel like I have a better control over my vernacular, I, I, should, I should lay off the F word so much, but I don't inherently think there's all that much a problem with swearing because I think we just kind of overreact about what these words mean. They're just, they're just words, you fucking idiots. Um, but with that said, I, I would, I don't know, I just, I do want to decrease the amount of, the amount of usage that word gets, the amount of mileage that word gets on this show. So I guess I'm only bringing this up to say Xbox On is officially pledging to reduce the usage of the F word by 50% uh, by the year 2023. And we're aiming on this show to be entirely F bomb neutral by 2030. So if you are someone who's been put off by my heavy usage of F word or just, or just curses in general, I would like to let you know, I am cognizant of that. I am self-conscious about that. And I would like to reduce that. So noted, I know that wasn't why you posted the clip STX one on Twitter. Everybody follow that sexy young man. Who, who just a uh, really, really nice guy on social media, very pleasant guy on social media who talks about Xbox and doesn't just say negative, awful sh- crap, not shit, crap, all the time like uh, like most people do on Twitter. What a pleasant guy. But, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. It just kind of brought to my attention. I'm like, I don't, I don't like this portrayal of me. All these people who've never heard of my podcast are going to see this guy's clip, and I know you're trying to highlight my, my silly rant about Halo 5, but to me, I'm listening to it, I'm just like, Oh my God! What would my mother think? And then I realized my mom actually listens to the show, and she's never brought up my cursing. But maybe, maybe it doesn't matter what my mom thinks of my usage of of curse words on the show, but more so my perception of what my mother should think of my usage of curse words. So I know that that's out there. And then the second thing is uh, uh, still in regards to this tweet. 
I would like to just now that I'm a little cooled down, now that I'm not just foaming at the mouth, like yelling at people about not appreciating Halo Five as much as I think that game deserves appreciation. Let me let me allow me to explain a little bit what I mean, or just um maybe set some set some kind of preface here for for what I mean about the Halo my 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 defense of Halo Five and how I think it's ridiculous how that game doesn't get enough respect. It's totally cool. I'm not I'm not ranting about Halo Five every other episode. Because if you didn't like Halo 5, I think you're an idiot. That's not what I mean. Like, if, if you were out there and you're listening and you're a longtime Halo fan and you just thought Halo 5 was just not the best Halo game, I can respect that. That's totally cool. I'm not here telling you you have to believe what I believe. I just don't want to come off as that dick. So let me let me just expound a little bit. Like, it's cool to not like Halo 5 if Halo 5 just wasn't your game. That's That, that happens. Hey, man, I get it. Uh, I'm more so harping on, like, this, like, mob mentality, this dogma that, you know, everyone has to hate on Halo 5 because it's popular opinion, as, you know, the internet is so is so uh, so famous for condoning that kind of behavior. The game is, in my opinion, just severely underrated and underappreciated, and I feel like there are so many people who either A, didn't play the game and, and harp on it, or B, didn't give it a fair shake because the narrative surrounding the game was that it was bad, or it was a letdown, or at least, at the very least, the campaign was bad, you know? And so I just feel like the game gets, like, that kind of conversation drowns out the actual statement the game has to make and not enough people let the game do its talking and that's kind of where that 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 argument comes from in my in my just constant obsession with defending halo 5 comes from again if you are someone who's like yeah i played through halo 5 it's not the worst halo game it's just not for me or i just straight up thought halo 5 wasn't a great game i'm i vastly prefer this halo or that halo that's totally fine man i i like you're free to think what you want everyone's entitled to their own opinions of course i think you're a total jackass but all joking aside there's nothing wrong with disliking halo 3 halo 5 i just wish the the sentiment was was that you know people played the game for themselves tried as as much as possible to make their own assessment and judgment on what they thought of the game without just having to rely on what people kind of tell them to think or what the popular conversation is and I guess that's kind of indicative of just my bigger problem with humanity in general is I just feel like so much of what we do is is just constantly like oh okay let me cherry pick my beliefs based on what the internet tells me and I don't know maybe that's not not trying to get into non-video game related things here but I think this is just a perfect example of that kind of an obnoxious culture and, and mentality like encroaching on my love of Halo and more specific or video games and more specifically Halo and so that's that's I just want to I just want to throw that in here it's it's cool if you don't like Halo it's cool if Halo 5 isn't your thing that's you know you're entitled to your own opinions and takes I'm just saying Halo 5 is a great game from my perspective and I just wish more people would give it the time of day and maybe try to assess it on their own on its own merits and from their own perspectives rather than you know the kind of preset perspective that the internet has for it which is that it's garbage which is just simply in my opinion not the case also while we're on the com- well, on the topic of Halo 5 happy 5th anniversary to the game that has it all Halo 5 you celebrated your 5th anniversary on October 27th i cannot believe you're 5 years old that makes me actually just feel like I need to go like quit my job, run out into the streets and say I'm alive as I frantically rip my shirt off and kiss the nearest person next to me just so I can feel something, you know, expressive and explosive and emotion filled because I feel like death is so imminent when someone says, hey, Jesse, did you know that 2015 was five years ago or puts into this perspective? 
Jesse, did you know that 2015 was half a decade ago? Jesse, did you know that you were in college? You were like just starting college five, six years ago, and now you're like well out of college into a entry level career and you're moved you've moved seven hours away from where you lived and grew up and went to school or jesse did you know that destiny one is is more than half a decade old and that in fewer in just a few years it's going to be a decade did you know that in less than like four years destiny the franchise will be a decade old did you know that bungie has almost spent more time working on destiny than the halo franchise these are the kinds of thoughts that make me like just like frantically grasp for the nearest firearm in motion towards my head because I cannot cope with that, with that concept. So yeah, I mean, Halo five is five years old and I feel really old, even though I'm technically not very old, but it it, it scares me guys. Life is short. You should play Halo five while you can. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Now, before we get into the comments, just a few more quick little things. There's a huge conversation going on this week. I I originally put it in the show notes as a story, but decided last minute to kind of leave it out because well, frankly, I just don't give a shit, and I don't see this as real news. But yes, you may have seen 343 put out this blog post this week. They kind of went in-depth a little bit with uh, Halo Infinite's kind of customization for multiplayer and the color shading and picking your Spartan's color palette and everything. And I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't read too much in detail about this because, quite honestly, I don't give a shit. But essentially what's happening here is in Halo Infinite, there'll be more options to kind of pick the colors on your Spartan. It will be more than just this typical two shades, uh, two-tone shades, whatever that you can clash or mix and match, as is the case with most Halo multiplayer suites. Um, But now there'll be like more things you can color and shade. But the whole caveat here is that a lot of this stuff will be like, you know, things you buy, skins, uh, things you unlock and all that shit. So the internet got all lit on fire about freaking out about how color shaders have always been free in Halo and now they're trying to profit off of it and now they're going to make it just like Destiny. We're going to have to buy shaders and maybe only unlock a certain number of this specific shader and kind of artificially inflate how many times you can use one and just kind of blowing up and freaking out about all these things. And I wanted to have a conversation about this, but when it came time to really start writing out notes for this story, I realized I just don't care and I think people sound like a bunch of big babies. Listen, at the end of the day, he, he, turn me off if you think this sounds too too uh, extremist, but I didn't mind rec packs in Halo 5. I think people overreacted like crazy about them. I think rec packs were totally fine. In fact, they were somewhat fun. You can make an argument about how they may have obstructed the the purpose and, and the fun of a mode like, like Firefight or a Warzone, rather. But even then, I think that's not really the case in my opinion, but like, I don't know. I felt like, I felt like rec packs were a pretty tasteful way to get microtransactions into Halo, you know, in a world where microtransactions must show up in every game because this is how we monetize games. So just accept it or don't pay for them so that they don't keep showing up. But again, this is, I, I hear this and obviously Halo Infinite's not out. We haven't played it yet, but I just immediately think this doesn't sound like a really bad way to implement some microtransactions in the game. So I'm not upset about it. And frankly, I'm I'm so tired of this thing where like games are so far from coming out and we're just getting all like so dug deep into all the nitty gritty little details about a game that we haven't even played yet. So it's just like, dude, shut up. I'm excited for Halo Infinite because I just want to play more Halo. I want to find out what happens next in the story. I want to play some awesome next generation Halo multiplayer. Like I'm just excited to play Halo. You know, I don't, I'm not really going to get all up in arms about the shaders or how they monetize the game until I've experienced the game for myself and decide whether or not I like it. I don't know. I just, uh, 
I can't bring myself to care enough to have a genuine conversation about this, but I do want to point out, yes, I guess it's happening, and I guess a lot of people seem to be pissed about it, uh, but oh well, that's your problem to deal with, not mine. Uh, next, it looks. speaking of Halo, this is the last one here. It looks like Gilmore Del Toro, Del Toro, whatever, the, the, the movie director, the weird guy that makes the, tries, to, tries to give water a shape, tries to objectify water. That guy, the director, who makes all the bloody movies, uh, he was quoted in an interview about like his his concept for a Halo movie or something like that. And again, I was going to do a story on that, but I, I realized as I was trying to write notes for it, I just don't care, man. Halo's had so many opportunities and instances where it was almost a TV show, almost a movie. We know they're actively working on a TV show that will come out next year or whatever. I don't care. I think that's kind of like fallen off a cliff, you know, since COVID. We like earlier in the show last year when, when Xbox on had just started, I feel like we were always talking about a Halo show and, for coming to start time and, and, and now we just never talk about it. So I don't know where that show is. I think it was supposed to come out around now, but I guess it's it's probably delayed till sometime next year. I just I don't care. I love Halo because it's a great you know, it's a great video game series. I enjoy some of the books from time to time and, and the comics and stuff, but for the most part I just want Halo to be a fucking video game series. I'm so tired of which as we'll get into later in the show, everything just trying to become a movie, a TV show because Video games aren't accepted as like an entertainment form or a piece of art until until like TV and movie audiences have have experienced or accepted them. So I just I, I don't I, I resent that kind of sentiment that all these all these game publishers and in in IP holders kind of walk around with by constantly trying to make movies and TV shows out of all these games. I understand ultimately it's just a, a cash grab for them, but like fuck, I don't I don't care, man. I don't give a shit what Gilmore Del Toro does or however you say Gilmore Del. I'm I'm sorry. I can't say his name right. I fucked up and I, I apologize. And now I'm dropping too many F-bombs. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm letting you down. We haven't even gotten to the comments yet. Uh, but with that said, let's let's start out this week with some comments, shout outs from YouTube. You know where to get them, guys. You go on over to YouTube.com, look up, uh, search up Second Best Gaming. That is my YouTube channel. Don't ask why it's called that. And you will find a playlist for Xbox On. That is where I pull all the comments from. So if you'd like to p- participate in the show by commenting, uh, downvoting my video, whatever it is you'd like to do, that is the place to find me, guys. And our first comment of the, of the week comes from dear Mr. Dead Captain James. He says, you're going to hate me again, but... Wendy's chili and a double cheeseburger are my favorite fast food combo ellipses. I responded with a fuming emoji to which dead captain James says, I take the burger and I dip it into the chili and then eat it. It's divine. Dead captain James, you know, you have endless love and support for me, but so here's the thing. I don't, I don't like hate Wendy's like Wendy's should go away. Like, I eat Wendy's more than I'd like to admit. I probably have it, you know, a good handful of times a year. And there are times where Wendy's hits the spot. And there are menu items at Wendy's that come and go that I'm like, that's pretty solid. In fact, just recently they've introduced like this uh, beer cheese and like pretzel roll bun like chicken sandwich you can get. There's a burger variant of it, but it's like a pub burger where it's like, you know, pretzel roll bun and, and beer cheese and bacon and all this shit on it. And I got the fried chicken version of that. And it was heavenly, I won't lie. I I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was a very, very good sandwich. So Wendy's has its moments, but for the most part, it's just like, why would you go to Wendy's when you could go to McDonald's? Why would you go to Wendy's when you could go to Taco Bell? Why would you go to Wendy's when you could go to literally any of these other fast food places I prefer? So that that's my beef with Wendy's, no no pun intended. But you know, I can I can accept it if you said, 
a Wendy's double cheeseburger. That's one of my favorites. That's fine. But then you had to go rub salt in the wound by saying you dip it in chili. And and here's the thing. I guess you didn't know because I never brought it up on the on the podcast. So how else would you know? But I hate chili. I fucking hate chili. I hate all variants of chili. I hate chili. My mom used to make chili a lot when I was a kid. I hate it then. My girlfriend tries to make chili a lot now. I hate it now. And every time I've ever gone anywhere, and so like I used to work in a restaurant that offered chili as like a as like a soup, like it's like a starter. One of the restaurants I once worked in, actually two of the restaurants, I've worked in like five or six restaurants in my in my life, and two of the restaurants I worked at actually offered chili as like a starter. That's not even true. Technically three, but it was like a it was like a chili enchilada soup thing. I don't know. So a handful of restaurants I've worked at have had some variant or form of a chili soup salad starter kind of thing. And I got to be honest, as a server, from the perspective of a server, every time a table would ever be like, oh, yeah, I'll start out with a cup of chili. I would just get so sad. It wasn't like the customer was going to order this chili and then make me eat it, obviously. Of course, that wasn't what was going to happen. But it it just it made me like just uh, just profoundly depressed when I think of someone like going out to a restaurant, which is inherently an exciting thing, and being like, "Yeah, I think I think I'll order chili. I think I'll order this things that this thing that cowboys used to fucking eat because they were dying and starving in the fucking like middle of the desert, you know, in the fucking in the in like the year eighteen seventy six or whatever the fuck it was. Like that's what that's what gets me is why ordered chili. You think so? For example, I worked at California Pizza Kitchen. That's a restaurant. Many maybe many of you might be familiar with. It's a nationally recognized chain. I believe they're at least international or globally known for maybe at least their fast food uh, line or their um, frozen food line. They, they they sell at grocery stores. I don't know, but I I assume many of you know what California Pizza Kitchen is. And I worked there once. For a couple of years, and it was a great job, and that's not the point. But what what I am trying to say is, you think about like the experience as a customer, as the as the as the restaurant goer, and you think about like, oh, it's Friday night. We've all had this miserable fucking week of work and school, and we all kind of want to low key hang ourselves. But now we're all gonna just like let the stresses melt away. We're gonna go out. We're gonna have dinner. We're gonna this go to this place where the food's really good. We don't want to cook, and you know everything has that restaurant taste where it's like this is good. Nothing I make at home tastes this way. It's just the experience, the ambiance, the restaurant, the whole thing. I, eating out is one of my favorite things in the world. Obviously, we talk about it extensively at this on this podcast. But like, just going out to a restaurant, even after having my life destroyed by working in restaurants, the worst job I could ever think of, I still am such an avid lover of dining out and going to restaurants now, e- even after years of having been in that industry. And I just got to say, like, nothing brings me down more than thinking, like, someone's sitting down at a California pizza kitchen, little old me rolls on up with my fat ass, just like, yeah, what do you, you want to eat, you fucking idiot? I'm just trying to grind the hours out till I can go home and play Titanfall. And the customer's, like, looking at this menu that features things like, like, fucking, like, like these egg rolls with chicken, avocado, bacon dipped in spicy ranch, which is so good. And like these fucking like meat lovers pizzas and like, uh, this dessert that's like, it's like tiramisu dipped in rum and with all this like creamy shit and chocolate shavings. I'm like, yeah, like this menu's awesome. There's some really good food here. Like it's Friday night. You're going to go nuts. What are you going to do to celebrate the weekend? Like, what are we getting here? And then someone says, I'll have a cup of chili. And you're just like, what, what the fuck? Like you immediately, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh, okay, you're sick. 
You know, you don't feel well. You're probably going to go home and lay in bed, like you're bedridden, because someone pulled you out to this restaurant, even though you weren't feeling well. And so now you're here, and you're just like, I'll just have chili, because I, I have a fever, and I'm coughing. And when I when I close my eyes, I drift off, and I see, I see you know, my dead grandpa coming and talking to me in, in my sleep. Like, you're, you're hallucinating. Things are bad. I get it. That's why you're ordering the chili. Is that correct? Because like no one's looking at the menu and being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pass up on those fucking uh, those uh, those those pot stickers, those dumplings, and I'm just gonna go ahead and get a nice bowl of chili," because I like eating beans and just vaguely meat shredded up in with all this taco seasoning and be like, "Yeah, this is campfire food. I want to eat this because I'm starving and I I don't know when I'll see food again. Maybe not till next winter." It's like I just I just don't understand the appeal. So that's a long-winded way of saying Dead Captain James. I could have justified you being a Wendy's fan. I could have justified, you know, something as as alluring as uh, as a double cheeseburger, but the chili is where I draw the line, my dude. And um, yeah, I just I, I just had to tell you about that because I don't chili's no good, man. Now my mother says that Wendy's Wendy's burgers reign supreme; that they're the best fast food burgers. And you know what they say about mothers they are full of shit. Uh, now, badass Lord Tipsy says regular French fries with ketchup or curly fries with buttermilk ranch. Now, badass Lord Tipsy, you didn't know this because, again, I have never brought it up on the on, on the podcast, but there is nothing I hate in this world. I, I hate to be so negative, guys. I love a lot of things. I promise you, I love life. I'm I'm glad to be alive. I'm grateful to be a part of 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 this world. I'm grateful to get to do this podcast and to uh, communicate with you guys. I don't I don't mean to be so negative, but goddamn. There's literally nothing more I hate in terms of things you can consume than ketchup. Ketchup is my number one thing. Listen, there are things I hate that I'll deal with. Like, I don't like cilantro, but if you put cilantro on something, I'll deal with it, okay? You know, I'm not crazy about, like, most forms of barbecue sauce, but, like, I can do barbecue sauce on and off. I'm not crazy about, like, I don't know, like, I hate mushrooms, but... I've been I've been uh, coerced into consuming mushrooms from time to time. Like I can do it. It can be done. I hate salmon. I like seafood a lot. I hate salmon. I'll eat salmon if I have to. Gun to my head, I'll eat the salmon. Now, gun to my head, ketchup, fucking kill me. Pull the trigger. I cannot stand ketchup. Do I hate tomatoes? No, not at all. Tomatoes are, are delicious. I love tomatoes. They're f- so phenomenal. I just don't understand how something so great as the tomato can be so so warped and twisted as as to be made into ketchup ketchup is just so atrocious and and you know like i'm a big ranch fan so when you ask curly fries regular fries buttermilk ranch ketchup buttermilk ranch no fucking questions asked i love french fries dipped in ranch i love french fries plain i love french fries dipped in uh honey mustard barbecue or just honey mustard i love french fries dipped in literally anything dude i would rather eat french fries dipped in mayonnaise than french fries dipped in ketchup like fuck ketchup just like end of discussion. I don't I don't know how to make this any more clear. Like there's nothing I hate more than ketchup as far as food goes. Like I'm such a fat ass. I will eat anything. You can tell me like, hey, I just took a bite of this burger and I have COVID-19 and I'm dying, but I'm too full to eat anymore. Would you like to eat the rest of this cheeseburger? And my fat ass will be like, you probably shouldn't eat that burger. You, you can't get COVID. This really is not a good. And then I'll eat the burger because I'm a fat ass. But if you go up to me and you're like, hey, man, I just ate a bite of this burger. I'm in perfect health, but it has ketchup on it. Do you want it? I'll be like, fuck no, I'm not eating that ketchup. So that's just to put into context. That's how much I hate ketchup. I just simply will not eat it. So think twice next time before you uh, go ahead and ask me about 
picking something I love versus something I not only hate, but actively just like, just dread the thought of like, it, I, I, I have a rule, like my girlfriend, like I, I try not to be a controlling quote unquote toxic male. I try to be a good boyfriend. I try to let my girlfriend live her life, do her things. I try not to let my way of living impede on her way. I think that's just inherently wrong. I think it's unethical. I think it's just inhumane. My girlfriend is free to eat what she wants, do what she wants. Our living environment is our equal living environment. She is welcome to whatever she likes. Her way, she should be able to practice her comfort, her level of, 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 of living, whatever it is that makes her happy within our apartment. It is both of our homes, not just my home. But with that said, I have one steadfast rule, and that is that at no point is anyone ever allowed to bring ketchup into this home. It is just forbidden. If I see ketchup in the, frig- in the refrigerator or in the pantry, in the trash, and then I'm taking the trash out immediately, like... It is not allowed. I don't care if you went through the drive-thru and they gave you some packs of ketchup in the bag and they're just sitting there like, no, no ketchup. It's just the one rule. I would rather walk in, I'd rather come home from a long day of work and walk in on my girlfriend cheating on me with another man than walk in seeing my girlfriend pouring ketchup over french fries or something like that. It's just not acceptable. So I hope that answers your question, badass Lord Tipsy. Now, Fedimus comments for the first time and just says pog. So thank you for that. And then my mother says, like you, I think I'd go for the burger out of habit, but in all honesty, a really good burrito, uh, and that's not easy to find, but a really good burrito would probably beat a burger. To that point, Lethal Migraine says, burrito versus burger, biggest no-brainer ever. I'll have a burrito every single day after, I have a burrito every single day after work. That doesn't sound healthy. Burritos are for experienced, demanding palates. Burgers are for amateur eaters. I think there's some truth to that, Lethal Migraine. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Again, I think both of those comments are kind of in line with what I was saying, which is that if the burrito is better, take the burrito every time over the burger. But I think it's easier to probably just find a, a decent, reliable burger more often than not. Uh, but man, Lethal Migraine, I didn't know you were eating a burger every single day. Maybe that is why you were just such a passionate Xbox gamer is because of your burger consumption level. But speaking of Lethal Migraine, he comes in as we wrap up our food talk of the week and says, McDonald's and Five Guys are inedible trash, Jesse. Spicy chicken at Wendy's is fantastic, and KFC chicken strips are an adequate replacement for raising canes because I am not driving 90 minutes round trip just for chicken strips. Lethal Migraine, you were officially banned for the rest of the episode, so that is that. Um, You can insult McDonald's. I understand that there's a divisiveness about McDonald's because of the the questionable nature of their ethics and and the meat they use, but... Five Guys is simply where I draw the line. Five Guys, five, five guys is just the best, and uh, you're just wrong. I don't know what to say, man. I just I don't know how anyone consumes a Five Guys burger and says, yeah, this is trash. I'd rather have a Wendy's burger. I mean, that's just like that's just like saying, like, oh, Xbox is shitty. I don't like how the game loads fast and how every time I aim and shoot, the, the guy on the screen is so responsive to what I'm doing on the controller. I'd rather just play Google Stadia because I like paying for a subscription and then buying the games and having the latency be so awful. That's what I like. So I will take that, please. Uh, I will take that over Xbox, please and thank you. I'm an idiot. That's that's what I just read there, okay, Lethal Migraine? So you're banned for the rest of this week's episode. Mavsman, Mavericksman, says, new listener here. First off, Coke is less than Pepsi is less than Dr. Pepper, which is equal to Mountain Dew. So you are a... Mountain Dew Dr. Pepper is God tier, with Pepsi being under that, with Coke being below all of it. So 
I can get down with what you're saying there, man. We 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 haven't gotten too much into the Dr. Pepper conversation on the show, and I think we'll save it for a different week. But I will agree with you there. Dr. Pepper is damn good, and I would I'd probably take a Dr. Pepper over over a cola most most days. So you say that, and then you say, and a couple of a couple of episodes late, but my only experience with grilled cheese the grilled cheese burrito at Taco Bell was greasy and messy. I don't agree with that, but whatever. I don't know what your experience was. You say, greatest Taco Bell limited menu item of the past few years was that delicious naked chicken chalupa. Absolute greatness there. Mavericks man, Mavs man, thank you so much for bringing that up. I, I, I haven't thought about that in a minute, but you were totally right. I don't know if that was like two or three years ago. Man, maybe it was longer. Maybe it was like four years ago. I don't know. No, it has to have been like two years ago. But yes, they did do the naked chicken chalupa, which is when it was a chalupa, but instead of a chalupa shell, it was just like a chicken breast patty that was like shaped like a chalupa shell. And then they just stuffed it with like cheese, lettuce, tomato, and sour cream. And so you were eating the shell was the chicken. Dude, that was amazing. That thing was so good. The thing had no right to be as good as it was. And I don't give a shit, you know, how they made a piece of chicken meat look like a chalupa shell. I don't care. I'm not going to Taco Bell because I I care about my diet or I want to eat right or be humane. I don't give a shit. That thing tasted so good. You were so right, man. That is probably still one of the best limited time item, limited, limited, limited edition, limited time only whatever items that Taco Bell has done in in, in recent years. And man, I, I really hope they bring that back sometime. You were so right. I totally forgot about that. Uh, Mr. Miggy comes in and says, can I come on this podcast show you speak of where you smoke pot with others? I'll bring some cheesesteaks. Absolutely not. Uh, Josiah DeRosa, my brother, comes in and says, Crusader Kings 3 uh, being on the top 10. Oh, my God. Fuck off. That's that's no. Next, Count Scotula comes in and says, unpopular opinion. I'm honestly looking forward to seeing how 343 implements their armor coding system. I'm tired of the loud minority of the Halo community knocking stuff before they even know the details. I'm I'm all for new experiences if the gameplay looks solid, gameplay looks great, and the game is free to play. And 343 should be allowed to take some risks. You're right, I totally forgot the multiplayer will be free to play. Uh, you say, and to be clear, I understand why people are upset. We just don't know any of the details. The marketing for this game has been miserable leading up to its launch. They're getting more mysterious and vague each week as the to- and the toys are dictating their news. Not the monumental marketing a new Halo 10-year deserves. I agree completely, Count Scott Eli. I should have actually read this at the top when I was talking about not addressing this this uh, story really in the news because this this perfectly sums up kind of my sentiments too. I think you you put it really well here, which is just like, guys, wait till the game's out, then we can talk about these little minute things, and then also like, yeah, three four three. I kind of agree, man. They are they are starting to drop the ball. I I totally understand why the game was delayed, and I I respect that and appreciate that they're trying to make it the best they can be, but there is a part of me that's just kind of like, man, you guys really should just, I don't know, maybe try to roll out some more updates kind of about the game as we get close to launch to kind of satiate the hunger for this game now that it's not coming out this holiday. Maybe be like, we'll show the multiplayer world premiere on this day, and then we'll do a detailed stream explaining it, and if, you know, just kind of those things, but instead we're just getting doled out this stupid mind-numbing information about, like, skins that 99% of the world doesn't care about. And then, as you put it, the loud minority is just constantly bitching and moaning about and And it's not really anything relevant at all. But I, I think you put it best. I'll, I'll stop talking about this now because uh, you say everything that needs to be said, I believe. And uh, 
Yeah, it'd be nice to have some more like more of a concrete, like focused and driven marketing campaign for the game. But I'm also kind of of the mindset like I don't really give a shit about it until it's out. I, I I like to not overhype myself for things because what good is seeing a new trailer for the game when I already know I'm like absurdly excited for it and I'm going to play it day one? Like what good is a new trailer going to do for me other than just make me more excited about something I was already going to play but cannot play until it comes out whenever that may be? So. I'm good. I don't need any Halo Infinite news. Just like, fuck off. Make the game the best it can be. When it's ready, I'll play it. I'll be there day one. But I just don't need you constantly, like, letting things leak because, like, a new book or a new toy came out and said something that needs to be addressed. But speaking of Count Scotula, you comment and say, totally forgot about Titanfall. I agree. Titanfall 1 was great and Titanfall 3, 2 was also great, but just didn't stick with me like the original. And then Lethal Migraine on top of that says edit i forgot to mention titanfall 1 dump gears 5 for titanfall 1 off my list never could get into titanfall 2 something bad didn't feel right so i appreciate you guys writing that in because yeah i i guess i'm not crazy then because i i feel it seems like a couple people at least people who played titanfall 1 to some extent know this my brother also commented and kind of agreed he didn't will comment on youtube he he told me directly it seems like a lot of people feel this way, where it was like Titanfall 1, there's something just so great about it. And even though Titanfall 2 technically was better and implemented better features and, and, and new shit and, and expanded on the game, for whatever reason, it's like the Titanfall 2 as a game was like objectively a great game and the campaign was awesome. But like the first game kind of gave me my multiplayer fix. And by the time the second came out, I was like, meh, I'm good. You know, I played, I played a couple hours of Titanfall 2 multiplayer, but I just like... Titanfall 1, I would just, like, stay up all night. Like, Titanfall 1 came out my final semester of high school, and I just remember, like, school night, don't give a shit, just staying up to, like, 1 a.m. playing Titanfall 1, just being like, this game is so goddamn good. That was, that was, the memories I have of my final three months of high school are just me staying up stupid late, playing Titanfall 1, cannot get enough of it. Like, opting to go home early at work, which is something I never do, you know, if we're like having an overstaffed day at the restaurant and just being like, yeah, I'll, I'll go home so I can play Titanfall. Just, I haven't had that experience with a multiplayer game in a long time. And Titanfall, Titanfall 1 and Halo 5 were definitely like, if I'm just looking back, like as far as like my typical like multiplayer domination team deathmatch kind of games go, Halo 5 and Titanfall 1 just gave me the most of that multiplayer fix this generation. I just, something about the first one, I just could not be beat. Uh, and then our last comment of the week is Dead Captain James wrapping up with the same guy we started with who says, I agree with you, Jesse, or Jesse, not sure how you spell your name. I won't tell you how to spell my name because I want you to keep guessing. That mystery will never be solved. You say Xbox games will continue to be on PlayStation, just not in the way you think. Xbox is 100% about driving Game Pass, Game Pass, and Game Pass. We know that they are building a browser version of xCloud for iPhone and PC. I can see PS5 guys having to use xCloud on their browser with a Game Pass subscription. This will be the workaround to get Game Pass onto the PS5. This is a really interesting point that I hadn't thought about, and I can't tell if you're like joking, if you're being like a little facetious, or if you genuinely, genuinely mean this, but like, I, I, I could see this working because... I mean, you think the way it's going to work is if it's built into a browser, you can use any controller with your device. So regardless if it's iPhone, PC, whatever, you can just connect a controller and play through your browser. So why wouldn't that work on a PS5 considering the PS5 architecture is basically just PC architecture? So, I mean, this technically could work, 
I wonder if Sony has like a way of blocking it or something, but that's a, that's not a bad idea. Technically they could do that. I just, even if they are able to do this or even if this does happen, I still just think it's one of those things where it's like, it's such an obscure workaround for the situation that it's not going to take off on PlayStation five. Like even if this is a thing PlayStation five gamers can do, it, it won't ever really evolve past you seeing like a bunch of news stories being like, wow, you can play Xbox on your PlayStation. No need to ever buy an Xbox, I guess. And maybe like a couple big Reddit posts like bragging about how cool it is. But like after that, I feel like, you know, no one's ever going to actually use it. It's not going to take off and become a thing. So I don't know, but that's a, that's an interesting point. I, I, I would be, I'd love to be wrong and see that actually like be a thing where PlayStation gamers are just playing Xbox constantly through this odd, really cumbersome seeming work work around but uh who knows i mean just using using any kind of internet browser on a console is always a piece of shit but uh we'll see and that's gonna do it for all of our comments shout outs and all those things of the week remember guys for next week don't be shy reply and now we'll talk about what i've been playing but before we can jump into what i've been playing i've got to tell you about what i've been eating guys i'll try to keep it brief i'm trying not to let this episode go on too long i've kind of got a late start this week but i'd be remiss if i didn't tell you all about my adventures this past tuesday the sushi burrito the mountain dew berry monsoon let's get right to it guys this tuesday i had a nice a nice little day off my girlfriend and i decided we should probably spend some time together jesse it's time to turn off destiny it's time to get out of work mode it's time to spend some time with your your loved one and and go out and about so we tried this uh this little sushi place that i've been meaning to try for about the past year which is like one of those cool kitschy places where it's like our our thing isn't like hey we have great sushi it's one of those gimmicky things where it's like hey we fry our sushi you know so the the whole thing about this place it's really cool you go there there's like anime on the walls and pictures of goku and and vote for biden stickers that they hand out the cash register you think i'm joking but i'm not um so it's it's like one of those places where it's really cool and so the thing they're known for according to their instagram that you just got to try there is the is the sushi burrito. So this is literally just a burrito, like a tortilla, and they just top it with like, they just stuff it with like sushi rice, you know, seaweed, wasabi, sushi meat, spicy mayo, sesame, edamame, all this crap. They just throw it in there and roll up like a burrito. But their signature one, the one that they seem to be most famous for, on top of all that shit being rolled into it, is then deep fried. They roll up the burrito and then they deep fry it. So you think... Wow, that sounds amazing. This must be great, man. I don't, I don't know what went wrong here, but it was just not good. I just, uh, not, I, I'm a little disappointed. I've spent roughly a year anticipating at some point checking this place out. Finally, drove out 22 miles from home to go and actually dine there, and uh, the food was just not good, man. Like, the, just aside from like the whole idea of a fried sushi burrito just not being good, we also just got like a regular sushi roll to have something a little more normalized to go with it. And even that was just like pretty run-of-the-mill sushi stuff. So overall, I was pretty down on that place. A little disappointed. Really looking forward to hopefully finding that place to be quite delicious and fun. But ended up just being like, wow, a bunch of like little fucking, you know, like millennial kids just like basically oversold me on a $13 fried piece of shit with some like run-of-the-mill sushi stuff inside. Way too much wasabi inside there as well. Uh, Another item that I will tolerate but don't prefer wasabi don't i don't like wasabi but if it's there i'll eat it ketchup no 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 no. if they put ketchup on that burrito i would thrown in the chef's face and run out uh that was that would just not would have wouldn't would not have been appropriate now 
fear not, the burrito, the, the disappointment of the burrito was not the end of the story because we went to Sam's Club. I've, I haven't been to a Sam's Club since I was maybe four or five years old. And Sam's Club, for those of you outside the U.S., it's like Costco. It's one of those wholesale warehouse stores where you buy things in bulk and you got to have a membership to get in. So I've been meaning to check out Sam's Club forever, just kind of out of ironic, like just force meme, like, oh, I'm a Sam's Club fan. You may have seen I posted a poll on Twitter this past week asking you Sam's Club, BJ's or Costco, who's the reigning champ? It looks like Costco won, which is no surprise there. But my girlfriend and I signed up for a free account to get like a free 24-hour membership to go and just check the place out. And the main reason I wanted to come here is because, as I've known for a few years now, Sam's Club, which is owned by Walmart, has an exclusive flavor of Mountain Dew in their food court. So as you know, when you go to a Sam's Club or, or Walmart or, or Sam's Club or a um, Costco, after the checkout, there's like this little food court where they sell like hot dogs, pizza slices, soda fountain, shit like that. You can kind of grab a $2 slice of pizza as you head out from your from your bulk shopping, right? But at, at, at Sam's Club, at their soda fountain, they have this exclusive Mountain Dew flavor called Mountain Dew Berry Monsoon, which is like berry lime flavored Mountain Dew. And I just always wanted to try. I've never had the opportunity because where I'm from in Georgia, we really don't have Sam's Club around. So now that there's this Sam's Club that I pass on my way to work every day, I just figured, ah, fuck it. We might as well just go. So after we get this disappointing burrito thing, we go over to Sam's Club. We, we check it out. We walk around and go, wow, we're, we're literally just two people living in a tiny apartment. There's no reason for us to ever have a membership to Sam's Club because I don't need to buy, you know, seven packs of toothpaste at a time. I just need the one toothpaste. So walking around just kind of like looking at the store seeing what they offer and then it's all just a a, a, a facade a, a thing a front I'm putting up as an excuse to get to that checkout so I can get that Mountain Dew Berry Monsoon and I gotta say I tried it it's a middle of the road Mountain Dew flavor finally finally tried it just it finally feels good to have it checked off the bucket list but it tastes like a melted blue raspberry icy. And don't get me wrong, I love the blue raspberry icy, but the older I've gotten, the more I've realized I can't tolerate the blue raspberry icy. It's just too sweet, it's too much sugar. And this soda just tastes like Mountain Dew mixed with a melted blue raspberry icy. So just wasn't able to really like go nuts about it, but as far as Mountain Dew flavors go, I've had far worse flavors, I've had better flavors, but I'm totally happy to finally have this one checked off the bucket list. It was good shit. And then also we tried to slice a pizza at Sam's Club. And I got to say, shout out to Sam's Club Pizza. Two bucks for a massive slice and it was pretty good pizza. So I will be back to Sam's Club uh, in the future, mark my words, for more Mountain Dew Berry Monsoon and for more cheap pizza. Uh, but yeah, shout out to them. That was fantastic. And then as far as what I've been playing, I guess if you if you must... I'm playing a lot of Destiny 2 this past week, trying to do their Festival of the Lost, their Halloween event, their annual Halloween event, the Festival of the Lost. They have a really great event this this year, some really awesome skins and things you can unlock. I really love their, um, whatever it's called, the Haunted Forest task they do, where like you have to earn these decoder um, keys from playing like Crucible and like just from doing strike missions and stuff. And then you do like this special Halloween, it's almost like a strike mission, where you go this like haunted 
forest thing with a squad of three. So it's like a strike mission. And you survive for 15 minutes <clears throat> going through these like floors of enemy waves. And there's this one monster that's just like totally immune to all of your attacks. And it just kind of slowly follows you throughout the whole 15 minute strike mission. Super cool. And then when you get to the end of it, there's this bridge that's like crumbling. And you gotta make it to the other side and use your decipher keys that you've unlocked from playing like Crucible and strike missions to then unlock these chests to win your loot. You win like candy and chocolate coins and stuff and then you can use all that to redeem for new skins and stuff so like there's like a mummy skin for your ghost and your sparrow and all this shit that i'm trying to unlock i think it's just it's just a really fun event the um the whole game is like super decked out and fun holiday decorations and i'm just really enjoying it there's all the fun masks that you can unlock and the new armor so really enjoying that in destiny 2 destiny 2 is always a great time i really 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 love that game and i'm looking forward to beyond light next month addition to that, I've been playing COD Modern Warfare. I've been playing the survival mode, which finally came to Xbox after a year of PlayStation exclusivity. This is the mode that I, I boycotted the game for originally because it wasn't going to come to Xbox till after a year, but then caved like a little bitch and bought the game anyway. It's pretty good. I mean, obviously, it's no Nazi zombies, but I'm enjoying the survival mode. It's actually a little more fun than I thought it'd be. And then the last game I've been playing here is a, a game that you may have mentioned, you may have seen me mention on the drop last week, but it's called Pumpkin Jack. Now, this is an indie game that just came out last week, and it is solely developed by one person. And that blows my mind, because if you go and look this game up, it, there's just no way one person made all this. But apparently the one developer spent four years of his life making this game all by himself. And it is excellent. It is this perfect character 3D platform, 3D platformer character game um, where you play as this guy, Pumpkin Jack, who's super awesome. And he's just, it's very like PlayStation's medieval looking. It's very Jack and Daxter-esque. And you just like go around these super cool Halloween levels and, and you try to defeat this this wizard that's trying to do good and beat the devil and you're you're cast out by the by the devil to go and do his bidding and stop this wizard and the game is just super fun it's platforming it's hack and slash gameplay and there's some really fun twists and little mechanics really good boss battles at the end of every level the levels are a little bit on the long end which is my one gripe with the game as well as the jump is a little like floaty and loose which i'm not crazy about but overall i find the gameplay to be really good um for the most part the controls are pretty tight and the boss battles are really creative. The level design's really well done. There's a little bit of exploration and collectibles, which I like. And just everything looks great. The art's amazing. The music is amazing. The writing is humorous. Super, super fun. I'm really enjoying the hell out of this game. And uh, if you're looking for, like, a fun... I mean, you guys know, like, platformers are my favorite genre. But if you're looking for, like, a fun, like, easy kind of just Halloween-themed game, something very festive to play this week for Halloween... I cannot recommend Pumpkin Jack enough. It is just so, so good. I'm at the end of it. I'm going to finish it up in the coming days as we approach Halloween. But yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. So thanks for listening, guys, to all that shit. Now, without further ado, we will jump into the proper new segment of the week, of which we got a fair amount of stories. So let's just jump right in. All right, our first story here comes from Windows Central, and it is that, according to a recent report by Bloomberg, 343 Industries Studio Head of FPS Development, Chris Lee, has resigned from the company. The resignation comes far ahead of Halo Infinite's launch, raising questions about the game's development and the road ahead. The, the statement from Lee in the article reads, quote, I have stepped back from Infinite and am looking at future opportunities, Lee said in a statement to Bloomberg. I believe in the team and am confident that they will deliver a great game, and now is a good time for me to step away. End quote. According to an email state, uh, statement to Bloomberg, Lee is still working with Microsoft, just not on Halo Infinite. 
Chris Lee's departure comes as a massive surprise, but this isn't the first time a major figure at 343 has departed the studio during Halo Infinite's uh, development cycle. The game's original creative designer, uh, Tim Longo, left in 2019, and Halo Infinite's lead producer, Mary Olsen, left shortly after. Additionally, uh, Halo alum Joseph Staten uh, recently signed onto the project as a project lead for the game's campaign in order to help ship the game. Also, Pierre uh, Heinz uh, was also brought on to help with the game's multiplayer, and according to Bloomberg, Lee's role with the project was sidelined at at the same time, and it has remained that way leading up to the official departure from ha- for uh, from Halo Infinite. So, this story is a weird one because immediately a part of me wants to go, well, clearly, you know, his work on the game is pretty much done at this point. You know, everything from here is just polish, 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 getting the game ready and having everything ready so that you can launch all aspects of the game together at the same time. But at the same time, I'm like, well, they brought that Joseph Staten guy back into the fold from Bungie and back from, you know, old Halo veteran back into the fold just a few months ago. As the article says, you know, to work as a project lead for the game's campaign. So it's so conflicting when you're like, when part of you is like, well, the game's done. They're just working on the polish. So why'd they bring this guy in for the campaign stuff if the game's done? But then if you ignore that, it's so easy to be like, well, it's not it's not really concerning that uh, Chris Lee left because, you know, the game's largely done. His leadership on the project is, is over. They're basically just polishing it up. It's like, okay, but how is that true if there's a guy who's just brought on to work on campaign shit? So it's just so many conflicting stories about, like, who's leaving, why they're leaving, what needs to be done on the game, what's being worked on in these final stages. So... It is concerning just for the fact that, you know, it's so many people of so much consequence that have just kind of come and gone over the years. And for whatever reason, it just seems like 343 just does not retain its big talent. Like, I mean, Josh Holmes left uh, shortly after Halo 5. His name escapes me, but the, the lead guy, writer from Halo 4, left shortly after Halo 4. It's just like people at 343 just seem to, especially like really high up, really high ranking people just seem to come and go which seems to like really really at odds with what's happening at three four or what you think is happening at these microsoft studios because you just assume that these are some of the most like relaxed like not where i say relaxed but you know like most like creatively free places to work in the games industry as far as like big working for big corporations go because microsoft seems to really have this 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 work culture of like we want our creatives to just kind of do their thing explore their thing and you would think that'd be really appealing to these guys but at the same time it's like it just seems like so many more people leave teams like the coalition and 343 than than leave teams like naughty dog or santa monica over at playstation so it's like what is happening here and i, and I understand you know before lethal migraine comments and says the initiative microsoft's new studio keeps poaching talent from sony santa monica and naughty dog i i know i know but it just seems like there's something like, especially with Halo here, where it's like really key people just keep dropping at it like really odd times. And so do I think this spells trouble for the game? No. I think the game is largely complete. I think the game is fine. I'm not worried about it. I think Halo Halo Infinite is what it is. Listen, here's the thing. Is people want to bitch and moan about the way the game looks or whatever. I don't, I don't care. What that demo showed us in July, at least for people like me, is that Halo Infinite looks like a ton of fun. And I just don't care anymore. Like, I... I, I can't fathom a world where Halo Infinite comes out and, to me at least, is anything short of just, like, a really fucking fun game. So, no, I'm not going to keep speculating here about, is the game doomed? Is it broken? Is everything the worst? 
I don't fucking know, man. But I think the game is going to be fine. I think what you're seeing is a lot of people who have the freedom to kind of move around these studios as they please and move into different divisions and departments within Microsoft. And I think you're seeing people exercise that kind of freedom that Microsoft allows. And that might sound like a very defensive fanboy kind of explanation for what's happening here. But I I don't know. It's, it's hard to justify one like this because, again, he's the studio head of FPS development. I thought he was just a studio head right now. But the fact that he's not going to be there to help ship this game just is concerning on paper. Like, whether or not that actually spells trouble for the project or not it remains to be seen. But on paper, that is just that is a concerning bit of news to be told. So I don't fucking know. Again, at this point with Halo Infinite, I'm so tired of speculating. I'm so tired of these stories about people coming and going. I don't care. I just want to play Halo Infinite. So it's really hard for me to muster a lot of like speculation about a story like this. My, my guess is that Halo 5 has or Halo Infinite has been a grueling project between this new engine and getting this platform ready and setting Halo up to be like a service for the next 10 years as opposed to just another entry in the franchise. I assume this has been an exhaustive project to work on and that there are a lot of people who are like, okay, my next thing's got to be something a little more a little more bite-sized because I just, this is, this was a lot. This was big. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, but it is weird. It is almost like, like your name's going to be at the top of the credits list on this game. And you're not even going to be there for like, what the final six months or whatever it is until the game comes out. So it's weird. But again, for the last time, I just, I don't want to speculate anymore about this game. We'll find out, you know, how much this matters, I guess, when the game comes out, or maybe we won't, but I speculate, or I assume that the game will do the talking for itself as to whether or not it's doomed, or whether or not this is good or bad, so, I don't know, let's just wait till we see more in the game, I'm really tired of just assuming this game's fucked, or whatever it is that people want to do. Our next story here is something that doesn't make me just instantly tired to think about. Cyberpunk 2077, in fact, this is just comical. Cyberpunk 2077 will be delayed again by 21 days, with a new release date set for December 10th. CD Projekt Red announced the news in a statement on Twitter. Quite honestly, it was a very transparent uh, account addressing precisely what's going on with the development. The statement reads... Today we've decided to move the release of Cyberpunk 2077 by 21 days, with the new release date being December 10th. Most likely there are many emotions and questions in your hands, so first and foremost, please accept our apologies. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game to current gen, next gen, and PC all at the same time, which requires us to prepare nine versions of the game between the Xbox, PlayStation, SKUs, and PC, and Stadia while working from home. Since Cyberpunk evolved towards uh, almost next being a next-gen title somewhere along the way, we need to make sure that everything works and that every version runs smoothly. We're aware it might seem unrealistic when some say that 21 days can't make that much of a difference uh, in such a complex game, but, they really, but 21 days really do. Some of you also might be wondering what these words mean in light of us saying that we achieved gold master of the game some time ago. Passing certification or, quote, going gold means that the game is ready to go and be completed and has all of its content that's content complete. But it doesn't mean that we stopped working on raising the quality bar. On the contrary, this is the time where many improvements are being made, which will then be distributed via a day zero patch. This is the time This is the time period we uh, uh, undercalculated. We feel we have an amazing game on our hands and we are willing to make every decision, even the hardest ones, if ultimately leads to you getting a video game that you'll fall in love with. Yours, Adam uh, Badowski and Marcin Inwinski from CD Projekt Red. So I just love this this statement because it's just so 
straight up and transparent. I, I love it because it's basically like saying, hey guys, yeah, there's gonna be one of those day zero patches, day one patches. And yeah, that's the stuff that makes the game super stable and run very well. So like, yeah, we're working on that right now. And we underestimate it. I love how, how transparent that was and them just being like, yeah, we're working on a lot of skews of the game at once and it's hard to get it all, you know, kind of on parity. So I, I really appreciate that transparency. I, again, I just, at this point, I don't know how you get mad about this. It's like, yeah, Cyberpunk keeps getting delayed. It will come out when it comes out. What, what do you want, man? It's 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 not even getting its next-gen update for a while anyway. So, like, just get your Xbox Series X and play one of the many other good games coming out in the next few weeks. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I can't be bothered by this because I see Cyberpunk game delayed, and I'm like, wow. I'm relieved now because that means more time and space in between these games for me to just kind of enjoy what's happening rather than be bombarded with a billion new games to play in, in November. So to me, this is all good news, but I assume some people are out there bitching and moaning, getting all salty. And, uh, and for you, Bloomberg, I hate, I hate to say this, but you're going to have to run another article about how sad it is that, uh, oh my God, these guys have to work extra days now to get this game out by December 10th. They're all being held against their will. They're all being chained to their work desks at home uh, to get this game out the door. It's so sad. It's so sad. Millions and millions of people are losing their jobs right now in this rough economy, and people are losing their livelihood and dying of this pandemic. But these poor guys at, at, at CD Projekt Red had to be paid shit tons of money to make this really awesome game that's going to write their ticket to literally any video game project they could ever want to work on ever. But uh, it's so sad. Now they're going to have to work a few more days. This is this is really awful, guys. Um, also, crunch culture is toxic and evil and all that shit. But I don't know. I just see this. I'm just like, to me, it's relieving. I'm just like, cool. I like. I pre they respected, you know, their audience by just being like, hey, this is the reality of the situation. This is specifically what we're dealing with. You can understand that. Yes, there's going to be a day one patch to help really buff out the kinks. And uh, yeah, we'll get it out to you as soon as possible. But man, we need a little more time. And I don't know how anyone doesn't read that and just be like, well, one, a lot of respect for being so transparent, honest and straightforward about it and two yay more breathing room so we can play other new games as the new consoles come out in the coming month or coming weeks and uh you know just a little more space between all of that launch and cyberpunk so i i think this is all good news uh take all the time you need i'm sure the game will be great when it comes out and i'm sure 21 21 more additional days without cyberpunk probably isn't going to make the world burn and, and, and burst in flames so I think we'll manage. So that's that. Now, IGN reports in our next story here that the Coalition is taking its shot at Gears 5 story D DLC in, in, in November, or sorry, in December, as Gears developers told IGN, and it'll be available on Xbox Series consoles, PC, and One. Um, the quote, there's a quote uh, from uh, Gears 5's lead principal producer, uh, Zoe Curnow, who says, all I can say is that it comes out in December and the title is Hive Busters, so it might give you a little hint as to what that content content might be. That'll be available on the new consoles as well, so it'll be optimized for those two. In Gears 5, the Hive Busters are a squad of three who never make an appearance in the campaign, but instead star in the new mode Escape. Team Scorpios, Keegan, Lonnie, and Mac are the default squad, though you can go in with one of your choosing that infiltrates swarm hives and that would uh, be considered suicide missions to destroy the enemy strongholds from the inside. Team Scorpio doesn't have much of an identity in Gears 5, though they do have an origin story in the Gears of War Hivebusters comic. 
Other than an estimated playtime of three or four hours, um, Zoe said that more DLC details, including whether or not it'll cost anything, will be shared in early December. Members of the Coalition previously said that there weren't any intentions to develop any story DLC for Gears, uh, but she did say that the philosophy of the statement is still true and that they don't want to hold anything back when developing a campaign. Gears 5 is also getting a campaign update with a new Game Plus mode, which will be out in November. So, yeah, this is pretty cool, unexpected. We're getting some new DLC story content for Gears 5. Speaking of, you know, just new games constantly bombarding us, three to four hours sounds like a pretty lengthy additional content. I assume this will be free Game Pass shit or it'll be like 10 bucks or something, but uh, I'm excited to play this. This is definitely an excuse. You know, the the Series X update on Gears 5 is nice, but I wasn't going to go back and replay the campaign for that. I'll play a multiplayer, but, like, this is a good reason to go back and play some campaigns, so... Definitely looking forward to enjoying some beautiful Gears 5 updates on Series X with this new campaign content. So that's super cool. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, this is clearly not an example of they held stuff back from the main release to release separate. This is more than a year after the game came out, which is kind of what the quote alludes to. But yeah, this will be a nice little taste, a little holdover to get some next gen, some Gears something content going while we wait for a Gears 6 proper uh, but yeah, can't wait to play that. Looks like it'll be a spin-off story unrelated to the main cast of characters, and I look forward to seeing what that's all about. Now, our next story here comes from Windows Central, and it is that in a recent interview with The Verge, Xbox lead Phil Spencer offered some hints about where Xbox Game Pass and Project X Cloud game streaming could head in the future. The interview is paywalled, but The Verge extracted some uh, interesting quotes about Spencer's thoughts on what the future could hold. Spencer's quote reads, quote, I think you're going to see lower price hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks and other things that somebody might want to just plug into a TV and play via xCloud. You could imagine us even having something uh, that we just include in the Game Pass subscription that'll give you the ability to stream xCloud games to your television and buy a controller. Brad Sams of Therot.com previously released that Microsoft was experimenting with a Chromecast-like TV dongle dubbed Project Hobart. Uh, in the interview with Stratchery, Phil Spencer also reportedly mentioned that the possibility of Game Pass Platinum tier, which would come with free hardware similar to the design of Xbox All Access, uh, Project xCloud already is exceeding expectations, according to our sources, with the strong uptake in Eastern Europe and South Korea. Microsoft has aggressively promoted Xbox Game Pass's cloud streaming features in partnership with Samsung in South Korea, showing how xCloud stream functions on Samsung Galaxy tablets and phones. Now, Microsoft's proposed acquisition of ZeniMax Media, Bethesda Softworks, of course, also comes with patents for unique streaming technology dubbed Project Orion, which will now all fold into the Microsoft family. Now... What I find most interesting about this is the idea that, sure, they might do like an xCloud streaming stick, but also they might just have it to where in the future, you know, smart TVs might just come pre-installed with this shit. So like you might buy uh, an LG or Samsung smart TV, unbox that shit and just see a Project xCloud or Xbox game streaming app built into the TV from the get-go. So much like how, you know, a lot of smart TVs have like Apple TV or Netflix or YouTube or whatever just kind of built into the smart TV. This could be just another one of the apps. But yeah, I could also see them doing a streaming stick. This seems like Phil Spencer is basically just admitting, yeah, these are things we're, we're planning on doing eventually. And that's pretty cool. You might be able to like go to the store and just buy a package. It's like an Xbox gamepad, a streaming stick, and a three-month subscription to Game Pass Ultimate or something like that. Um, and these are, these are really exciting little ways to, I don't know, I don't know, just get 
get more people, more more casual players into the Xbox ecosystem, of course. Um, but it is good to see that that kind of early reporting or those, uh, I don't know, just kind of early inclinations that, you know, part of the world is really taking the game uh game streaming for xbox as you know now that's out here on in 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 the states or in north america i don't really see it making a big splash i don't i don't feel like i see anyone playing it or hear of anyone playing it the only time i really see anything about xcloud being mentioned is like when i'm on twitter seeing xbox people talk about xbox or on a media website seeing video game people talk about xbox or something like that so it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like the world's been lit on fire here, but I, I guess early indications show that the the service is doing well. So this is a, I don't know, this is pretty good stuff here for Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the kind of inevitable stuff here, and this is this is the big question about like what's next for Xbox, right? Is about you know these things like what Count Scott is talking about, or or rather what Dead Captain James is talking about with um, you know, XCloud being available on PlayStation just through like a browser and like people buying xCloud sticks for their smart TVs or all, all these kinds of things. This is more of like the kind of Xbox future stuff that's a little, a little more like interesting and vague and uncertain, more so than just like, oh, the Xbox console, buying an Xbox Series X or S. And it'll be so interesting if this really is the future, if these are the things that take off, it'll be so interesting to see how like these consoles start to perform when you think about people playing games on their computer, people playing games on their phone, people buying these sticks or playing them on their smart TV, and then people having the option to buy a $500 Xbox Series X console. So it really is like, it, it's a crazy amount of variety in terms of ways to play. And uh, it's overwhelming, but this this might be the solution, the answer to how to how they're thinking about getting these games to everyone. And it is that, you know, with smart TVs and sticks and stuff like that and computers, everyone can have access to Xbox. You know, you don't have to buy an Xbox piece of hardware. So it's crazy. This stuff is just like, it makes it makes perfect sense for what xCloud is, but it also just feels so beyond our concept of what Xbox is that it's just weird to think about, you know, these like Chromecast sticks and stuff that you normally associate with like cheap gimmicky shit that no one cares about. And now all of a sudden like this is Xbox this is how you can play xbox for cheap so it's just an interesting concept but i assume this is stuff we'll, we'll be seeing soon not really much to speculate on there other than to like look to the future to learn more about these things specifically but yeah our next story here is that xbox has ha- had an official xbox series x and s demo this past week which went on online uh showcasing a bunch of features and kind of an overview of the system os how the console works most of it was stuff that we'd already seen before nothing really new uh showing off quick resume the ssd all that kind of stuff but we also got some new looks at things we haven't seen before namely uh we learned about dynamic backgrounds so we've seen dynamic backgrounds teased a little bit here and there but now we've finally like, seen what they look like and have them confirmed so dynamic backgrounds are indeed completely exclusive to the xbox series s and x so even though the xbox one has the new dashboard you won't be able to use these on an xbox one there's also dynamic background for each accent color that you choose to personalize your console but xbox mentioned that they are in, in intending to add more later on down the road so this was the cool thing uh this is pretty similar to something that playstation's already had for a long time so it's cool to see xbox finally get on with this 
in particular. I'm really hoping we get some really cool live backgrounds, you know, that they'll start selling ones for certain games. So you can get like a Halo dynamic background and uh, Forza dynamic background, things like that. So you can assume those things, it's a given, those things will be there eventually. But uh, I'm just excited to have this here. And, you know, now the consoles are powerful enough that they can just have dynamic backgrounds without really infringing on the power and the speed and the reliability of the console that's that's really exciting stuff so this is like one of those little those little things it's like not a huge deal but these are the kinds of little quality of life things that add up to making the new console feel next gen or different from the last one so i'm all for it i think it looks cool check out the video it's on youtube or on xbox wire if you want to see specifically what they look like they do look a little bit like xbox's version of the live themes that playstation has but Whatever. But yeah, so that was that was shown off finally. And then uh, our wrap-up story of the week, guys, here is that um, it is all about Game Pass. So as far as Game Pass goes, we've got a bunch of games that are coming and leaving the service soon. The first list here is the coming soon category. So Carto is coming to console and PC on Game Pass. Uh, it's an ID at Xbox game, and it is out now. Uh, Day of the Tentacle Remastered is coming to console and PC now. This These next few are all on October 29th, this Friday, or no, that's this Thursday, uh, rather the day this console, this podcast goes live. So Day of the Tentacle Remastered, Five Nights at Freddy's coming to Android, console, and PC. Full Throttle Remastered coming to console and PC. Grim Fandango Remastered coming to console and PC. Player, um, Player Unknown's Battleground coming to Android. Uh, and Scourge Bringer coming to Android. And Unruly Heroes coming to Android, console, and PC. All those will be out this Thursday, the 29th. Then next week on November 5th, you're getting Celeste on Android console and PC. Ooh, please play Celeste. It's a very good game. And then you got uh, Comanche coming to PC on November 5th. Additionally, on November 5th, you got Deep Rock Galactic coming to Android console and PC. Fast Shade coming to Android console and PC. Uh, Knights and Bikes coming to console and PC. And then finally, on November 17th, Ark Survival Evolved Explorer's Edition will come to Android, console, and PC all through Project xCloud, all, all through Game Pass, rather. Uh, and then leaving on October 30th, this Friday, you'll see a couple games leave. Uh, we've got The Red String Club on PC, Lord of the Rings Adventure Card Game coming to con- or leaving console and PC, Tacoma leaving console and PC, highly recommend that one, Rise and Shine on console, Lego Star Wars 3 on console, and lastly, After Party on console, which is exactly a year from when it came to console that the game launched into Game Pass uh, last year around Halloween. That was actually the game I played on Halloween night. It was my... It's Halloween. I got nowhere to be. I'll play a video game for the season kind of game, and it was really great. And now we'll be leaving after one year on Xbox Game Pass, which tells you that that contract was good for one year. (laughs) So, yeah, if you haven't played that, I highly recommend that in Tacoma. Those are two games I'd say maybe try to get a hold of before they're gone. Um, But other than that, that's going to do it for all the major news stories of the week, guys. Now we jump into the important enough news. Story is important enough to make the podcast, but not important enough to warrant their own discussion. Uh, The first one here is that Minecraft Dungeons has a new fall holiday event that players can access now. The spooky fall event runs until November 3rd and offers seasonal seasonal trials that can net you cool rewards such as themed items. Next, Fortnite, the battle royale game that makes lots of money when mom is gone but left her, leaves her wallet on the table, uh, is getting a new Halloween-themed crossover to the tune of the hit classic Ghostbusters. Make your Fortnite look like Ghostbusters and get skins all over. Available now. 
Uh, next up, Star Wars Squadrons is uh, getting some free DLC this week that adds that stupid little baby Yoda guy to your to your ship in promotion of the new Mandalorian season that coming to Disney+. Plus. Next up, Ghost Runner, which comes out this week, will be getting a free upgrade to the Xbox Series X sometime in 2021. Uh, as long as you have the game um, on current-gen hardware, you can just upgrade for free on the next-gen version when it comes out. And then lastly, Netflix is looking to work with Ubisoft on bringing Assassin's Creed uh, as a TV show to the service. Um, why? Because God hates you. And yes, even after that Michael Fassbender movie flopped a couple years ago, they're still going to try that again. Uh, oh, and lastly, guys, I meant to mention this at the top of the show, but that's that's going to do it for all the news. Before we jump into the new game releases of the week, I, I wanted to mention this. So we got a few more weeks here until Xbox Series S and X come out. In fact, we've got one, we've got what, two weeks. Two weeks until the Xbox, holy shit, that's crazy. Two weeks until the new Xbox is out, guys. If we have a slow news week between now and then, which I assume at least one of these weeks will be slow, I would like to do one more of these, like, reflecting back on the Xbox One generation before it's gone kind of segments. So we already did the one where it was, tell me about your top five favorite console exclusives of the Xbox One generation. I would like to do that one more time, you guys. Um, I'll, I'll announce this again at the top of the next week's show because probably no one will get to the end of the show and hear this part. But if you'd like to participate, let's just do the same segment, but now about third-party games. So write in this week on YouTube, write in the comments or tweet at me, however you want to get it out there um right in with your top five favorite uh multi-platform third-party games whatever of the generation for xbox one so this is the opposite last time it was exclusive things like halo gears forza now we're talking multi-platform games games that might have also been on playstation pc whatever so this is your stuff like call of duty and assassin's creed and watchdogs and far cry and all that shit this is like all of your top five favorite games that are multi-platform of the generation on the xbox it can be anything from like an indie game to a triple a game but multi-platform third-party games so feel free to write that in this week and then we'll do that segment next week or the week after that whatever ideally in two weeks because it would be unfair for me to unfair for me to do that next week when I only mentioned that we're doing this at the end of this week's show when the mass majority of you are probably not listening anymore most of you I assume statistically are checked out so we'll, we'll see if a lot of you write in this week I guess we'll just do it next week it depends kind of what the news week's looking like but with that said guys we'll wrap up the podcast with our new game releases of the week directly from the Xbox wire so this week there are 15 new games coming to Xbox uh, so let's just jump right into that our first game here is called uh, Carto which is a game where you play as all these little like old oil paintings characters these are guys who are just discovering things like fire and uh nature and they're very in tune with the outside world because they haven't created the indoors yet this is a pretty stupid game though because you got like some old hairy men some young girls an owl a fox a bird uh, a bear and everyone just looks completely fucking lost it's like all these characters are just equally confused in days like what the fuck is going on here and i think the reason why they look confused is they're just like this isn't a game. This is there's nothing going on here. Nothing's happening here. They're all just looking at each other like, "Do you understand the purpose of this game?" I don't I don't fucking get the game. This is this is a dumb game is what I'm trying to say. Next here we got Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid Saga continues coming out on October 27th, which is a fighting beat 'em up game where 
you play as Cobra Kai, who is the Karate Kid's arch nemesis, and that's actually true. Uh, and you uh, you go to the schoolyard and you just beat the shit out of kids. This is this is why the Karate Kid's not a good story because you get all these kids and you teach them karate and yeah, it's cool. It's a good way to keep them off the streets and to teach them something and give them a place of community and belonging and like, you know, help them invest in themselves and they feel a sense of belonging from these communities that where they build friendships and all that. But the reality is at some point these kids grow up and then they just, they don't have karate. You know, the kids grow up, someone moves, someone gets married and has a kid and things change. You know, your, your karate friends, your things change, your, your instructor gets old and frail and doesn't teach karate anymore. And you find yourself old and alone in this world where the only thing that makes sense to you is karate. So what do you do when you have all these deadly skills and you have no sense of community or belonging anymore? You take it to the streets and you start beating the shit out of old people. And that's exactly what happens in Cobra Kai. The Karate Kid saga continues. This is the Karate Kids that are alone, that are lost in this world, and that have no place of belonging, but they have badass karate skills. So what do they do? They pick battles. They go out on the streets. They find homeless people who are just asking for pennies or food or something to eat, and they beat the shit out of them because they know karate, and that homeless person doesn't. They take it down to the church. They say, oh, are you a nun? Are you a nun? I'm here. I'm at the cathedral. Oh, you think God's going to save you? Well, guess what, nun? I bet God can't save you now. Ka-chow! And then they start beating the shit out of the nuns and beating the fucking faces in and making them bleed and say, where's your God now? Where's your God now? Because this is what the karate kid does. He learns the karate. And then his master dies because he's a really fucking old wasabi guy who rubs the, the wax on thing. And then all, all this shit happens. And, and this guy, grow, before you know the karate kid's 40 years old. He looks like Will Smith's son all of a sudden. And he's just like, I have these skills, but I got no nothing to do with it. And you just beat the shit out of your community. And that's what the Cobra Kai is all about. That's what the karate kid Saga Continues is all about. October 27th, highly recommend you check it out. Now, next we got the Ghost Runner game on October 27th. This game looks actually pretty good. It's one of those games, like, I want to play it, but there's just too much going on right now. I'm trying to get my Halloween stuff out of the way this week and then get ready for Series X after that. Like, I'm probably just not going to play this game, but this game looks really cool. It's, like, fun, wall-running, traversal, fast like platforming first person action stuff. It looks it looks like a Titanfall meets Mirror's Edge meets like Celeste kind of with like the die respond instantly try again kind of thing. But yeah, it looks it actually looks pretty good. I I, I recommend it. It supports smart delivery, so yeah, play that on your Series X if you want. Next, you got Star Wars Episode One Racer, which is out now, and I know I know this was a fun game back in the day, but holy. Holy fuck, this screenshot just looks pathetic. Sometimes you just look at like this N64 looking screenshot, this old PC screenshot, and you're just like, I can't believe games used to look just so, so muddy and shitty and flat and disgusting. And and that's what you get with Star Wars Episode One Racer. Still better than Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, but it's a, it's a muddy, gross looking Star Wars game if you're looking for another one of those for some reason. Wonderling is our next game where you play as this little chicken who's lost in one of those pipes from a Mario game. Runs around and collects little chicken eggs. I don't know what else to tell you. I've seen so many of these little games. I know you guys don't like it when I harp on the little indies, but fuck, it looks lame. Star 99 is our next game. It is a game that is perfect. I think it's perfect. It's a twin six shooter, but there's just like this explosion on the screen, the ship, and it's shooting. There's bad guys, but there's this big thing that just says perfect on the screen. So I don't know if this is like the game, if it's like a twin six shooter, or if the developer is trying to 
catch your attention by just saying that they are perfect and their game is perfect, but I don't like that kind of arrogance, so I'm not going to pimp that game out anymore. We're going to skip that. Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted is coming out on October 29th. Now, this isn't Help Wanted because, like, oh, it's a new Five Nights at Freddy's game, and it's like it's got a spooky twist to it. This is, like, Help Wanted because the developers who make these games are fucking trapped, and they're miserable because they're held against their will to keep making these stupid games, and they don't want to. They want to do literally anything else. These people would rather bag groceries at a Target than fucking make a Five Nights at Freddy's number 784. They are miserable. This is a cry for help. This is not them saying, oh, this game is spooky and scary. This is them saying, no, help us. We can't stop making these stupid games and we are miserable. We're trapped. We are held against our will. Please, any anyone, please come and save us. Uh, but that sad thing is no one's going to come and do that because Freddy ain't going to let that happen now. Um, next, we got Watch Dogs Legion, which comes out October 29th. I don't think this game needs any introduction. It's hard to laugh about it when, you know, it's such a real game that's actually coming out. And it's next gen and it supports smart delivery. So, you know, you got to play that. You can hack a grandmother in this game. You can drive a drone. You can look like a millennial. It's such a good game to play. And then our next game here is called Case 2 Animatronic Survival, which is literally just a knockoff of Five Nights at Freddy's. The only thing that could be more terrifying than being stuck making Five Nights at Freddy's games would be to think you've escaped the development hell of making a Five Nights at Freddy's game only to find yourself creating Case 2 Animatronic Survival, which is just basically more Five Nights at Freddy's. So fuck you. All these games trying to cash on Halloween week, but they don't know that I'm not seeing through their bullshit. I ain't playing you Five Nights at Freddy's. Next, we got Cube Raiders, which basically looks like Bomberman, uh, but not fun. And, and there's only 2 minutes and 15 seconds on the clock in that screenshot, so looks like time's running out for them. Next, we got the Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope, which is the next entry in the Dark Pictures Anthology. I told you guys about the one I played recently, The Man of Madon. It was very good. This is a new one. It's a different story, so I don't know if it's good. I haven't played it, so stop asking me. That's on October 30th, very much in time for Halloween. Family Mysteries 2 Echoes of Tomorrow is a game that makes literally no sense. The screenshot doesn't do this game any justice, and neither will I. Legends of Eternal uh, comes out on October 30th. This is a game that looks like it's a Flash game that you played on the computer in fifth grade when the teacher wasn't looking now sweet witches is coming out october 30th nothing halloween about this game it looks very weeby so i won't give them the time of day visage comes out on october 30th this is a very scary game it's a first person psychological horror game about meaning to go to the xbox store to download resident evil 7 but accidentally downloading visage which is the scariest thing you can do it's uh 20 bucks wasted and that's going to do it for all of our new games this week guys i recommend pumpkin jack or Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope, or if you really want to be a next-gen hero, you can get the Watch Dogs Legions. Whatever you do, don't get that Five Night Freddy guy. He's fucking creepy. Ghost Runner looks pretty good. Uh, and that Cobra Kai, Karate Kid Saga, I mean, how can you say no? Looks like some pretty promising games coming out this week, you guys, but uh, I'm, I'm tired. My mouth hurts from talking so much. Let's wrap it up, guys. Our Games with Gold is a reminder for the last few days of the month. You got Slay Away Camp Butcher's Cut for the next few days before November hits. You've got Made of Skur, Scare, which comes, which is available till November 15th. So you got a while to get that horror game. And then lastly, Costume Quest is available until the last day of the month, October 31st. That's my game. That's my Halloween night game. So I'm looking forward to playing it. Guys, thank you so much. This has been Xbox On. If you appreciate if you appreciate the show, give it a thumbs up. Normally, I don't ask for a thumbs up because I'm not petty, but some people have been downvoting the show on YouTube, and we gotta stop them, guys. We just simply we cannot allow them to do this. I I know I know it's you. I know it's you, Tanali Maya. I know you're downvoting. That's okay. 
Uh, but let's let's try to fight back, guys. Let's get the votes up. Let's upvote the hell out of this shit. Follow me on Twitter, guys. You know where to find me on Twitter. I'm at Fired from 343 Studios. And until next time, guys, power your dreams. Oh, 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 oh,